It was Adam Schefter who pointed out uh, over the weekend in regards to Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott that he may actually not be 100% at all this season based on dealing with the ankle injury and the surgery from last year, but also this ongoing shoulder problem and arm issue that he's dealt with in training camp. In my opinion, this is why these comments are more important than they might even seem. There's a concept in the law called a statement against interest. And what that means is if someone says something that hurts them, you can believe it. Because why would someone say something that hurts them if it were untrue? So when I hear a Gil Brandt type who is a, I don't want to say this as an aspersion, as a negative, but a Dallas Cowboy lifer or at least a, you know, there's Homer elements to it. When he talks about things like saying, just not sure he'll be 100% in game one, that means he's trying to spin it every way to be pro-Cowboys. And he still says that. So let's look at what Brant said again. Had a long talk with Dak Prescott. He expects to be out there when the Cowboys open the season. I think it will take a lot to keep him from playing. So it's like, raw, raw, raw. Just not sure he'll be 100%. That is a statement against, in a way, the Cowboys. It must be so true for him to want to say it just to be truthful. Obviously, he's trying to be truthful just with a little home sunglasses, you know, the the Cowboy tinted glasses. You look at Adam Schefter, who is not a homer for Dallas, but he's certainly not sensational. He's not the type to say drop bombs like hot, you know, hot takes to get attention. He says, I'm not sure he'll be fully back. He may not be back all season long. So we went from it's a precaution, a second MRI is okay, and normal even. What are you, crazy? You don't think two MRIs are normal? <laughs> What's wrong with you? To a, you know the most respected reporter in the NFL, or one of them, saying, This might affect his performance, hinder the Cowboys' season, all season, Dak Prescott's arm. When did that transition happen, A.J. Hoffman? I I think you and I were on it a little before everybody else was. might be taking a little too much credit. Oh, really? (laughs) I mean, if you say we, I'll accept that. I I said you and I. That's we. (laughs) You had the wrong order. Okay, go ahead. Okay, you you and I had it. If anything, I, I, I don't. Mackenzie, do you remember him saying anything about? Oh. I remember him saying, yep, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Joey, do you remember him saying anything about it? Uh, yeah, I remember we all had a conversation about it. I'd like, I'd like to throw myself in the mix as well, too. Oh, yeah. 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 McKenzie's the Gil Brandt of this place, by the way. You're, the, you're Jerry Jones. He's Gil Brandt. Uh, if I had that yacht, I would take it. You know what's funny is you tried to X out Jones. I apologize, Jones. <laughs> That's all right. Listen. That's all right. I mean, any, anything uh, uh, Vegas or gambling related, it's always a good idea to X me out. I mean, you know, but let, let's accept the generous I, – I would – to be honest, Jones would be second, McKenzie third, you're fourth. Okay. On that, but no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. But go ahead. 
I, I feel like the the as hard knocks, you know, we we've seen more of this and and they've talked about it less. I think that raised suspicion. Yep. And I think now the reports coming directly out of camp. I think Michael Irvin's was scary. And Michael so repeat that. Yeah, Michael Irvin a week ago said, I you know, I've been watching him and watching him throw the ball, he take the snap and throw it back with his left hand. I said, "Uh-oh." This isn't good, and the Cowboys don't want to talk about it because if there's talk about a quarterback being out for any amount of time, it can ruin everything. It's almost like that's A.J. Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas. It's almost like uh, if anyone watched Mad Men, at one point Roger Sterling had a heart attack, and they had their biggest client coming in. So they put makeup on him, wheeled him out, and it made it seem like he was okay when he had just had a heart attack. Why is Dak even throwing on the side? Like, what? Why is he doing it in front of him? When someone's rehabbing like this, you don't usually see it in front of the media. It feels like they're, they're like, I'm not saying they're doing this, but it's almost like, hey, give him a lot of Mountain Dew, perk him up, get him out there, have him throw for ten minutes, and then we everyone can say because remember. I'll say we were skeptical when the news came out. Well, Dak Prescott's back at practice throwing on the sidelines. And I was like, see what happens is they get that headline they want. They, they, the Cowboys particularly did things to generate certain headlines, which was, oh, this is over now because Dak's throwing. But in truth, he was tossing like his grandpa. And I think Dallas has been very cognizant of the media spin on this because there's something behind it that's bigger. You don't worry about media spin all that much if the truth is going to redeem you, if the truth is going to make it a non-issue. It's only when the media spin is going to shine a light on something you want hidden do you worry as much about the media spin. The, the alternative was keeping him hidden away, which all it would do is lead to more but speculation. If someone's injured... But they don't want to say he's injured. Kawhi wasn't even the same state as the Clippers at some point. <laughs> it's true. And this is, this, I think it goes back to Hard Knocks. This is being sort of bad luck for the Cowboys to have Hard Knocks locked in this year because if Hard Knocks was showing everything but Dak, it would just fuel the fire of what's going on? Where is Dak? But I would say in the episode two, there was a, a, a real avoidance of the issue, yep. right? Jonas. Yeah, I, I, the fact that we're even here, I think, is, is telling and tells me everything I need to know about their confidence level and him going into the season. The fact that we're even having the conversation of, you know, I mean, he should be ready to go week one. A month ago it was, I want to get reps in the preseason. I want to knock some of the rust off. Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, we talked about it. That was the plan. That was the approach. They missed the Hall of Fame game. They missed game two. He misses this weekend's game. And now they've already said he's not going to play in the preseason finale. And they're even trying to spin that as well, too, by saying, oh, that was the original plan anyways. We're not going to put him out there for the preseason finale. Okay, but you didn't put him out there for the previous three games either. And so I don't, I don't think this is you know, in accordance with your plan. I think there's real concern. I think there's problems. I think there have been uh, concerns there. And they've been trying to figure out a way to try and you know, dance around the topic. But the regular season is approaching. That's Jonas Knox. We are straight out of Vegas. Let's look at the odds and the movement. So this is what we told you two weeks ago. We, two weeks ago, that here's the worst case. Dak's out for the whole year. It's some injury, Tommy John-type surgery. Okay. The second would be he misses some games. Maybe it's one, maybe it's ten. He misses some. The next is he plays in all the games, but he's not 100% physically. Let's say the first game, he's nine or 88. Second game, he's 92. Okay. 
That's a big material thing. That matters. Less than 100% matters. It's less than 100. But then what people don't seem to get is even if none of that is true, if I say, Dak, God came down and told me the lottery for tomorrow, I'm going to keep that to myself, but also the Dak will be 100% for week one against Tampa Bay. I still think this has all been a negative for Dak. Why? Because off a catastrophic leg injury to then have a second injury that may have stemmed from compensating for the initial leg injury, throwing differently, throwing more with his arm, or maybe trying to move his hips too much. Who knows? Something. He's never had a problem like this before. First time back from his leg injury, he has it. Coincidence? Maybe. But regardless, he won't have the prep time to shake the rust off. So anyone that thinks you can go almost a year in between games and in that first game, you're going to be just fine? That's absurd. So even the best-case situation is a downgrade for Dallas Week 1, which is why we recommended playing Tampa Bay, minus 7, and that line is up to 8. Just over the weekend, 7 became 8, Tampa Bay favored. Season win total, Dallas last week, 9.3 wins. Now 8.9. That's almost a half a point, or I'm sorry, a half a win between 9.3 and 8.9. So that's about 15 points on the season. A win's about 35. So they're saying we are downgrading the Dallas Cowboys by two touchdowns throughout the season. That is significant. And finally, the NFC East odds. Many listeners have a vested interest because we've got Washington. Plus 350 to win the division. 100 wins you 350. Washington's down to what, 2 to 1? Yeah, plus 200 wins you 200 now. I, I like it better at 350. <laughs> Dallas is down to plus 130. They were plus 150. So in every case, in, except for game one, these are season long bets. The market is saying we think there's a real chance that Dak is going to be affected in game one at minimum, but enough so to affect the entire season. By about two touchdowns. Now, Dak's only worth about six points. Let's call him seven per game. So, if they're downgrading him two touchdowns, they're almost saying Dak's going to miss two games. Or they could be saying he'll be at 80% for four games. But they're saying this is about the same as if Dak missed two games, is the downgrade they did in season wins. And that's a breakdown you're getting nowhere else on national radio or even podcasts. Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Of all the young quarterback, rookie quarterback, veteran quarterback battles heading into the season, this is the one in San Francisco I felt was most likely to go the way of a rookie quarterback in Trey Lance. As far as if it was going to happen, I felt like this is the most likely chance of it happening in San Francisco because, look, they've been shopping Jimmy Garoppolo for a couple years now. They talked to Tom Brady. They talked about trading for Aaron Rodgers. They talked to... 
they were you know moved up in the draft aggressively to take be have an opportunity to take a quarterback in Chicago you've got Andy Dalton and, and Justin Fields it, that I never felt like that was a, a legitimate threat to Andy Dalton as of yet and we'll see how that plays out Cam Newton I always felt he was going to be the starter Belichick prefers veterans over over rookie quarterbacks but this is the one I looked at and said the organization has already shown you the ability they've already shown you that they're interested in somebody other than Jimmy Garoppolo this guy's got a real opportunity to win this job in the preseason and he hasn't yet and that tells me where they think he is that's my point you're saying the groundwork was there for the change laid out and and it seems less likely today than it was two weeks ago 100 you agree with that yeah See, I would have disagreed. I would have said coming into the season, and and this is where when the 49ers drafted Trey Lance, I was shocked because they've drafted a project. And the 49ers seem like a team that's ready to win right now, except for a quarterback. I thought if they were going to trade up, it was going to be a guy for a guy that they thought they could plug in immediately, and he'd well, be good so to start week who one. Who are those people? I think I, I think most people thought Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones were the two most. Well, so they didn't have a ch- chance. They didn't have a shot Trevor at Lawrence. They did have a shot at Mac Jones, though. and They, they did. And everyone who is half smart, or almost everyone who's half smart, thought Mac Jones would have been egregious at three. He's okay at 15. That, that Mac Jones. Now, looking at Mac Jones, I would make the following case. And let's run down the rookies. And if anyone disagrees with me, speak up. So I'm going to say something about each of the rookies, and you say, I disagree. Is I would make the case Zach Wilson looks better than expected. Any disagreement? None. All right. So we agree there. Uh, as we go down the list, Trey Lance, worse than expected. You agree? About what I expected. But you were very pessimistic. And it wasn't racial. No. Okay. (laughs) Mackenzie, all joking aside, yes or no, has Trey Lance disappointed you? No, he has not. So this is the level you expected? Yes. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to go around the horn on because I'm a seller on him. I'm a pessimist on him. I have not been impressed, but maybe it's cognitive bias on my part. How would you grade Trevor Lawrence so far, Jonas? Uh, kind of what I expected. Uh, some nice throws. He's got arm talent. He's you know physically gifted, but he looks pretty skinny uh, as far as you know for an NFL quarterback. Um, you know he had a, he had uh, troubles early on in his last start. I think tonight is going to tell us a lot more about him. But it's about what I expected with with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and, and we do have tonight's game. Saints favored by four right now. We'll be breaking it down before the end of the hour. Trevor Lawrence. Similar to Jonas. Uh, we've seen some some really so nice about flashes. What, about what we expect. Yeah. Except he's the number one. Who's looked best? Zach Wilson. So right now, the number one pick has not looked best. Yes. You agree, Jonas? Uh, yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Okay, Mac Jones. It's easy to say, yeah, we knew his process and speed was fast. Yeah, but this fast? This much command and control? This much maturity? After one year as a starter at the level of even Division One college? And my point would be, doesn't Mac Jones' physical skills maybe seem like the cap on him wasn't quite what we thought? Certainly. The, the, the physical ceiling is lower because he well, doesn't have... I was have... going to say I thought the ceiling was higher than the low ceiling that we all kind of thought was the case. I, I think like when you look at Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, you, you can dream. Like you yeah, said, you yeah. can dream on talent. And yeah. Mac Jones... And Marcus a, Russell, too. There's a limit on how great Mac Jones could be because is he's there, got physical is there limitations. Because Drew, was there, could he be as great as Drew Brees? 
He could be. Which is one of the best seven quarterbacks in the sure. history of the league. So if, if your limit is one of the seven best quarterbacks in the history of the league, is that really a limit? But that's like saying, well, couldn't Kyler Murray be Drew Brees? You say short quarterbacks well, don't there's work. The difference is Drew Brees is almost six foot. Kyler Murray's like four inches short. I'm, I'm serious. There's a difference there. I'm just saying that like anytime we try to compare anyone to Drew Brees or could you be Tom Brady or something like that, it's yeah, just. But, but what I'm saying is, even if you look at the, the normal good quarterbacks, they're usually not the guys with all the tools. Usually, are either great or not or average. The the above average crowds usually are the hard workers that get everything else right, and then there's something con- restraining them or constraining them physically. My point would be, and let me ask Jonas: If I look at Mac Jones, I know it's an easy talking point to say. Yeah, but look at his physical. He was faster. Who was, uh, Mahomes? He had a faster forty than Patrick Mahomes. How tall is he? Take a look. Six, six three. Two? Yeah, six two or six three maybe. Yeah. So it's like he's not. What his arm strength is? What NFL average at bat or at worst? So I guess I don't understand all these limitations. He's sick. You know? Did you get his height, McKenzie? Six three. Yep. Six three. I mean, so that's pretty much optimal height. His arm strength. I, I, if you look at PFF, they've been grading um, college. Oh, I don't know, six, seven years. I think it's been. Mac Jones had the highest grade throughout the season, his one season, of any quarterback ever in that time period. Trevor Lawrence better. Just go down the list. Josh Burrow or Joe Burrow better. And oh, by the way, week two of the NFL preseason, highest grade of any quarterback, Mac Jones. My question to you, well, I'll let you think on it, AJ. I'll go to Jonas. What are these physical limitations that are going to limit him? Because I don't see him. And now he, he clearly has the physical tools to be able to play quarterback at a high level in the NFL because uh, he played it at a high level in Alabama. I think a lot of this is, and I think Mac Jones has been the most impressive rookie quarterback of the preseason. Of all the guys, I think he's been the most impressive. I think one of the, some of the skepticism on Mac Jones was all the talent he had around him. And I think people looked at that and said, yeah, but when you've got, you know, Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith and all these great Najee Harris, they were so loaded offensively that they wondered, is that going to be able to translate to the NFL if you end up in a situation where you don't have the best weapons in the league? And New England's not known to have the best weapons in the league. And I think that's why there was some skepticism. Um, I, I just I think he's been the most impressive thus far. I agree. Last thought on, uh, well, I guess, are you going to finally answer the question, AJ, about what limitations we're talking I, about? I, you know, I don't know that he really has these these super limitations. I'm, well, you're the one that kept saying low I field, said that was the field. perception. Oh, okay. Did you see the picture of him after the championship game when he was smoking a cigar <laughs> with his shirt off? Now, that's it. That's it. Because here, here's what it is. Everyone hates that they don't have Mac Jones's life. But if they feel like Mac Jones, like if people watch a porno, and let's just say that the fellow is, uh, you know, healthy and well endowed, we'll say, is you can say, yeah, I get why he's, a, you know, in that, and I'm not. You can understand that, perhaps, like AJ. Yeah, easy. You can understand that. But if the guy looks like you and he's got some great life and you don't, and I'm not sure a porn star has a great life, but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> is now you start wondering, well, what is it about me? Why aren't I in that position? And the easy answer is to say, well, he won't be good then. He, he's there. He's an imposter. He's not supposed to be there because he's got a belly. 
Who cares? Right? I mean, because you look at Cam, Cam looks like Hercules, and give him credit for working out and all that. But right now, if I had to bet week 12, who's going to be the quarterback of the Patriots, I'm betting on Mac Jones. Who are you betting on? Mac Jones. So I, I, I think there's a lot of we resent people as a society that we think we're like that have more success than us. We can be okay if they're Brad Pitt. We can say we get he's better looking. But Mac Jones feels like an everyman, except he's making millions of dollars and you're at home on the couch. And again, our audience is the smartest audience in radio. I don't think we're falling prey to that too much. But AJ, I think you did. Of course. I mean, listen, if there's, if there's one buffoon on the show, it has to be me. Did you think? <laughs> I mean, some people are born to certain roles. But, but, but let's be honest. You've sat on the couch and, and, and looked at a guy, especially in your younger, you're about 40, in your younger years, and you were a UFC fighter at the amateur ranks, and you had one professional fight, won it. So you were on the cusp of a professional athlete. Well, I guess you were. You had one fight. How often have you looked at someone else and said, oh, man, I, I, I'm strong as him, or I'm this? How often? I don't know. I, I, a lot, I, I, a lot I, you're saying. I don't saying. think so. I don't think I, I, that doesn't really, because obviously just the way someone looks doesn't tell the whole story. Well, apparently it does with Mac Jones. I'm saying the perception you said, you, is. Oh, you keep telling us your opinion, then you, when it gets lambasted, it becomes the perception. You said it's crazy that Mac, people would have thought it was preposterous to take Mac Jones at three. I said they should have taken Mac Jones over Trey Lance. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Now, obviously, with the Saints, we've got the quarterback controversy. We are straight out of Vegas, and here's the Vegas odds. Winston, a 62% chance to win the starting job. This is to take the first snap in week one. Just to finish some of these battles, uh, Newton is minus 330 over Mac Jones. 72% chance for Newton. Jimmy G, I don't think this is racist, minus 400 <laughs> over Trey Lance. That means 78%. And Drew Locke, 62%, minus 190 over Bridgewater. Boy, Bridgewater had a good day, too. You know, I'm hearing a lot of talk at Denver that this team is so good, other than quarterback, that maybe Bridgewater's good enough. Because what you have with Locke is high variance. His ceiling's higher, but his floor is lower. If you've got one of the top five rosters in football, and I think that that's what Denver has, other than quarterback, maybe you don't need high variance. Maybe you need rock-solid 24th-best quarterback, Minshew-level stuff, and then you still make the playoffs. Ten seconds. No, I agree. When, when you, and that's why I thought, that going back to what we talked about in the first segment, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, or the the Trey Lance pick was so crazy because their roster is ready to win now to take a guy that's such a high-variance guy seemed odd. 